imagine what it's going to feel like when you acknowledge the personal growth that you've had when you realize that the stuff that you never even thought was going to be possible is all of a sudden like in your life as an actual thing because you dared to visualize you dared to allow it to become a possibility hey friend welcome to her power the podcast with me your host zoe fox Her Power the Podcast helps women to connect with the true essence of who you came here to be, beyond job titles, societal limitations, trauma, outdated thinking patterns, and even job titles. My mission is to help you to realise just how great you are so you can really maximise your talent and your potential. You can find me on Instagram at zoe.e.fox or you can find the podcast page at Her Power The Podcast. I would love it if you would come and join us over on the socials. So we did a thing this week. We, I, me, the royal we. I announced the name change of the podcast. And you know what? It's gone down really, really well. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a while. If you're a regular listener, you'll have heard me talk about it. So I finally feel like I am wearing the right clothes now. It feels congruent with who I am, what I'm trying to do, what my message is and who it is that I'm trying to reach because it is all about the gal them, my sisters, women, beautiful, amazing, powerful women. Honestly, I just, I've got so much love and respect for women and I'm so grateful to be a woman as much as sometimes it can feel like a heavy burden to bear with some of the things we have to go through. Yeah, it's powerful being a woman. I just feel very grateful to be working in a space or I'm helping women to discover how they can unlock that power within them and just seeing women glow up on a soul level. That's powerful. That's motivation for me every day to do what I'm doing. So yeah, her power just feels right. So just a big shout out to all the old school listeners, the regular listeners. Thank you for staying (laughs) and to all the new listeners as well i know there's been a few people that have said since we've changed the name oh it sounds great i'll have to give it a listen i'm like it's literally just the same thing it's always been i've just changed the name of it so it's interesting how a name impacts people's perception of things i'm sure many of you if you're on social media will have started to see the spotify wrapped data that's been coming out lately now spotify as someone that is married to a man in the music business. I've got a love-hate relationship with Spotify because I do think that artists should be better respected and like what they get paid is absolute peanuts. Considering the craft, you know, and the amount of time that goes into making music and how little the, the artists get paid through Spotify, it's a bit of a travesty and a total liberty. You know, it really devalues the amount of love and heart and soul and creativity that goes into creating music. Especially when I'm sure Spotify's, you know, CEO and the the top cats in the company are probably getting paid quite handsomely. And what did they do? They invented a platform, which is what makes it sad because the actual creators are the ones that are going hungry. But anyway, I don't think I'll be getting a Spotify podcast deal anytime soon, but we have to speak our truth. Um, that said, it was interesting to see the data that came out around the podcast. I won't lie, it was quite novel to discover that I was in the top 15% of the globally most shared podcasts. 
and also that I'm a top 10 podcast for 57 fans, a top 5 podcast for 42 fans, and I'm the number one podcast for 14 fans. So shout out to my mom and my brother and my best mate, because I know that you guys listen. So that's three of the 14. So to the rest of you who we are appearing in your top 10 podcasts, top 5 podcasts, whatever, top 1, like, big love. I also should add a disclaimer in case, like, you think I sound drunk or something, right? I'm recording this episode at night. It's nine o'clock. I'm exhausted. Part of my spinal cord injury lifestyle means that I get really fatigued and I'm usually ready for bed by now, but I'm trying to get this podcast done, so I'm not doing it last minute on a Monday as I have done for the last couple of weeks just because that's how life's gone down. So I'm like, I'm going to get it done. It's going to be like a Friday night in with my girls. Um, But here I am, absolutely exhausted. Disclaimer done. So the top episode for the year was, according to Spotify, we do have listeners on other platforms, so this is just by the Spotify data, but the top episode on Spotify was learning lessons from repeating cycles. Very interesting. I'm going to do an end of the year roundup, so I'll dive back into that episode and see what were some of the the bits in there that seem to resonate the most and what I'm going to do at the end of the year is go through the top five most popular episodes for the year and I'll do a little bit of a summary episode of the key points. So we've also had an increase of over 80% new followers over the last year so shout out to everybody thank you for joining me on this journey. So it is December can you believe it? the last month of the year, it's like we just blinked and 2022 is almost over and done. What a year it's been though. What a year it has been. How's it been for you? I'm wondering overall. Another thing I'm wondering is how are you feeling at this time of year? I know it can be a really difficult time for a lot of people. There's people out there with complex family dynamics, which means you know, planning around Christmas can be a little bit of a nightmare. Or maybe there's someone that you're going to miss this Christmas, someone who's been absent a few Christmases and there's a big empty hole where they're meant to be. Or maybe you've got a small human or small humans like times however many. So there's that pressure for you to deliver this huge pile of presents that people seem to be posting on their social medias at Christmas. Some people have got mountains of presents taller than the tree, and I'm talking like six foot trees. So there can be a lot of pressure on parents at this time of year to deliver and to perform and to keep up with the Joneses. So, I mean, it's fair to say that Christmas can be tough for a lot of people for many different reasons, and people can find themselves under immense pressure. Now, I've got a three-year-old. She's amazing. And she gets quite overwhelmed with stuff like that presents and gifts I remember last year at Christmas it was just like well it was too much we didn't even go mad but it was too much and I see these present fests and I'm like how can the children even appreciate any one of these things when there's so much stuff it's just like total gift overwhelm isn't it it's like a chocolate cake a slice is nice you'll enjoy a slice But if someone tries to force the whole cake down your throat, you're probably going to feel a little bit sick. 
you're not going to enjoy the entire cake as much as you would a single cake. And I'm starting to laugh because I'm remembering <laughs> ah, many moons ago, me and my mate Colette got a little taste for Marks and Spencer's creme brulee, like the mini one. And then we discovered that they did a big one in the blue crockery pot. So we were like, oh my gosh, look, they do a whole creme brulee. Because the small one wasn't enough, we were like, yeah, let, let's get a big one each. <laughs> yeah, let's just eat an entire dessert for four people, one each to ourselves. Needless to say, they're small, they come in small portions for a reason. The novelty soon wears off when you're like 10 spoons into that rich, creamy, sugary gloop. The novelty definitely wears off. And I mean, kids, how many things can they play with at once? The reality is the more stuff you give them, the more stuff you need to clear up. So <laughs> there's another motivation to not go crazy with it. Like my daughter honestly uses about 20% of the stuff in her bedroom, if that, if that. One thing that she does love is arts and crafts. So every day she'll get up and she'll want to make cards or do drawings or cut something out. She loves making things. So for Christmas this year, um, when I've been asked, it's like, yeah, you know what? She loves making things, but plastic stuff she can do without. And don't get me wrong, there's some good toys out there. But at three years old, I'll be honest, she's not really into anything. She doesn't have any sort of fixations on any of these like you know, like Paw Patrol or whatever other kids' programmes there are. She doesn't she doesn't have any mad connections with them in that sense. So she's not like wanting, you know, Coco Melon everything or Paw Patrol everything or whatever. She might see stuff that pops up on adverts and she's like, Oh I want that but she literally only wants it because it's just popped up on the telly and then she never mentions it never and then she'll never mention it again. And to be honest, I actually hate the fact that kids get marketed to. It just doesn't sit right with me. And when I think back to Christmas as a kid, now I do love Christmas ever since I was a kid. For me, there's just a real magic in the air at this time of the year. The lights, the music, this, all the senses come into play, don't they? And I've always really loved Christmas and my mum and dad always did the best to make sure that we had a great Christmas. The exciting parts for me as a kid were going to Sainsbury's with my dad just before Christmas, to do the Christmas shop. Remember when you used to be able to get one of those big trolleys and fill your entire trolley, and it'd be like 100 quid, and that would be like, oh my gosh, Dad spent 100 quid in Sainsbury's for the Christmas shop, and you'd have, like, bottles of pop. Oh, what are those little snowballs, cherry brandy, um, all the peanuts and the snacks and just everything, as though Christmas was going to be, like, some big three-week period spent in a bunker when actually it's just a day but you know you'd you'd get all this stuff and it was a real experience for me to be able to do that and to go shopping at Christmas now you get a little carrot a little basket full and that costs you a one an hour days so yeah back in the good old days when you could get a whole trolley for a hundred quid and just the vibe at home around Christmas you know the going and getting the Christmas tree Oh, that was so magical for me because my dad would always take me and my brother to, um, there's like a farm near where we live. So we'd just drive out of town a little bit. Uh, Bill's Farm, I think it was called. And it would like, it's just a Christmas tree farm. So he'd 
they cut your tree down for you or you go in and it's all magical and all these trees everywhere and you go and pick your tree and then they put it through the big net and drive it home and while we're out going and getting the Christmas tree my mum's at home running around cleaning everything up because everything's got to be immaculate before you get the Christmas tree in so mum would be on a mad rush getting all the cleaning done and we'd be out living our best life with dad in the forest it was just magical my uncle's coming round, my granddad coming round, or, you know, it might be my gran or whatever, just my mum waking up, that going to bed on Christmas Eve, looking out the window, looking up at the sky, the anticipation, the excitement, putting down a mince pie for Santa and a carrot for Rudolph and a bit of sherry, writing out a little handwritten note to Santa. That stuff was beautiful. I used to love that, going up to bed, feeling all excited, looking out the window up at the sky can I see him is he there somewhere obviously he wasn't but I did end up believing in Father Christmas until I was about 15 because when I was little my dad dressed up as Father Christmas obviously I didn't know it was my dad then because I was about four and came into the bedroom and it was in the middle of the night and I remember my mum waking us up in the night and my brother was just like a baby like a little hot dog in a blanket and mum brought him in and we went and sat on mum's bed and she's like, I think Father Christmas is here. And then we could hear, ho, ho, ho. And up Santa came and he had some presents in a bag and it was all exciting. I was like, oh my gosh, Santa's just come into the house in the middle of the night and bought some presents. But my dad was outside looking after the reindeer, making sure the reindeer didn't fly off. And my dad's white, my mum's black. So we got away with it a bit easier without asking too many questions. So yeah, I genuinely believe that I met Santa. And nobody could tell me any different. But it was beautiful, just that magical feeling, that childhood wonder. And then waking up on Christmas morning at like three in the morning, all excited, me and my brother, hey, 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 is it Christmas yet? Can we wake up yet? Mum and Dad are like, no, go back to bed. So instead of a stocking, we used to have like a box that they put in our bedroom. They'd have like some, um, you know, some of the smaller presents in there that we'd be able to open. So if we woke up too early, it's basically Mum and Dad just trying to say like, go back to sleep, don't disturb us, we're not getting up yet, but you can sit and open your presents and it's your business if you want to be up at three o'clock in the morning sort of thing. So me and my brother would go and open our presents and it was all exciting. And then, you know, mum downstairs getting her bin bag for all the rubbish. You've got to make sure you put the rubbish in the bin bag before you start opening the next present. And it was nice because we'd take it in turns and we'd all appreciate the next one opening the present. And yeah, I mean, there were a couple of standout presents for me as a kid that I remember, but aside from those couple, everything else, I'm not saying it wasn't appreciated at the time, but I don't remember every, everything else. It's just these memories. Oh, yeah, I remember the year when I got erasure on a ghetto blaster. <laughs> and I was in my bedroom on Christmas Day with my Barbie chocolate factory, which was another present that I really wanted, like, desperately, which I was really excited about. And erasure, yeah as you do so it's easy I think as a parent to be like you know feel as though you've got to live up to all these expectations when it comes down to gifts but it's the memories that matter isn't it so I heard something a few years back and it stuck actually and now that's a little bit of a golden rule for me and it's something you want something you need something to wear and something to read and that pretty much does it I think about what it is that I'm trying to teach my daughter 
about what's important. And it's not the stuff, it's not the plastic material stuff. That might be the agenda of the marketing team at some of these toy companies, but that's not my agenda. I want her to remember us making hot chocolate and snuggling in front of cosy movies and making gingerbread and going and getting the tree from somewhere magical. As parents, we get to set the tone for what our kids expect. So don't get creating a rod for your own back. And some of this stuff that they're advertising to kids, because in the morning before nursery, she does like a little bit of milkshake on Channel 5, a little bit of Peppa Pig and a little bit of Paddington. And the adverts that come on in between those shows, they really irk me. And some of it is such tacky tat. Like, no disrespect if anyone has got any of these things on their shopping list, right? (laughs) Like, each to their own, no shade. But Gassy Gus... Will you feed this man until he gets so fat that he explodes and farts? Or Windy Knickers, where on the advert there's like some granny in a bra and pants holding on to a rotary washing line swinging around. I'm just like, what is this crap? Now I definitely feel like one of those old moms. What is this rubbish that these kids today are into? So anyway, before Christmas comes, I generally do a little bit of a declutter through my daughter's things the stuff that she's accumulated over the year her birthday's at the very beginning of March as well so we tend to get like a new intake of stuff and the stuff that used to serve her no longer serves her as she grows up the stuff from like one to two is no good for her anymore you know two to three she's looking at three to four so we go through take out all the stuff that no longer serves her and take that to the baby bank where it can be loved again. And in doing that, that creates more space in her room for stuff that is more aligned with where she is now. So in that, when we think about ourselves, how much stuff are we living with that isn't really serving us? And I know there's been a bit of a theme over the last sort of few episodes, but I really feel like that's where the energy is at, especially now we're coming in to the end of the year getting ready for a new year, what are we releasing, what are we decluttering and what are we making way for? There's going to be past energies that you're still holding on to, outdated thinking patterns that are still looping around in your brain, all this stuff taking up space in your energy field. So earlier in the year, in August in fact, I did an episode which was about a life audit, I'll link it in the show notes, And with that episode, we went through just sort of reviewing our values, really, to make sure that we're on track for making the most of the year coming up. Because I'm a firm believer, I don't really buy into New Year's resolutions. I'm more of a, on a daily basis, constantly reviewing, tweaking, taking action, rather than just waiting for this period at the beginning of the year where we put all of this pressure on us to become this thing or do this thing and then we sort of lose steam and give up on the resolutions but instead of it being some big thing just let's turn it into a constant project where we're consistently being mindful of where we're at where we need to tweak where we need to make adjustments so in this episode really I'm just inviting you to connect in with yourself and I think a good way to do that is always through just taking a nice deep breath Breathing right into your belly and exhaling out your mouth. 
And in doing that, it just allows you to bring your attention inwards. Obviously, if you're driving, you've got to keep your attention on the road. But if you're just about the house or if you're walking or if you're out in nature, take a moment to connect it with your breath. Bring your mind inside, away from the distractions of everything that's going on around you. If you've got a notepad, then that's a Brucey bonus. If you don't, that's cool. Just make a mental note of what comes up into your head. And what I would invite you to do is just observe what's the first thing that comes up before your brain gets involved and starts giving its feedback. I'm just trying to see what information your intuition is delivering to you before you get a chance to overthink it. So take a nice deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. And then ask yourself, what do I need to let go of in preparation for 2023? What do I need to let go of in preparation for 2023? And take a moment to just write that down or make a note. And the reason I say write it down or make a note is because this time next year, when you're looking back at the progress you've made, you're going to be just feeling so pleased with yourself. That's something that I love to do is when I get through to certain points in the year is just look back over my journal for a year ago and be like, oh, wow, look how you were talking then and look where you are now. It's such a rewarding feeling because for so many years I was so stuck in procrastination and just because I didn't know what I wanted to do or where I was going and I was really lacking clarity and I had all of these outdated patterns that were on loop and that were holding me back from breaking through I felt frustrated for many years now I'm consistently taking action and doing this work it's really empowering to look back at journals of old and be like wow you literally manifested that you said you were going to make that happen and you absolutely did it So that's why I find it really powerful to write it down and that's why I'd recommend for you to do that too. So once you've had a little think about what you need to let go of, imagine what it's going to feel like when you have let go of that. It's just a light level internal excavation to see what's going on in that inner world. What is it that your heart is wanting to speak and bring attention to? And then by allowing yourself to connect with the mental visualisation of what it's going to be like to have let go of it, it helps to connect you in with that space of achieving the result. So once you can start to feel the emotion of, oh, it's going to feel like this, that starts to help to give you the motivation to take the steps to move forward to do it. So now you've thought about what you're letting go of and how that's going to make you feel once you've let go of that. The next thing to do is to think about what you're going to be inviting in. And then in your mind's eye, if you start to just visualise what it's like to embody the characteristics of what you're inviting in for yourself, imagine how you're going to be walking, how are you going to be feeling, what are you going to be doing when you're embodying this energy of what it is that you're inviting in. And don't underestimate this work, you know, these simple actions and these simple activities are what connects you with possibility and potential 
the minute that you begin to open your mind to the possibilities of letting this go or inviting this in you're connecting with that energy of possibility which then helps it to become manifest because if you're not asking these questions if you're not doing this self-reflection then nothing's going to change and you might be unconsciously inviting in stuff that isn't supporting where it is that you're trying to head and where you're trying to be. I had goals and visions for the longest, but I wasn't necessarily reviewing myself in the way that I am now. Like if I go back 10 years ago, I had so much hope and ambition, but I wasn't really questioning some of the stuff that wasn't serving serving me so much. I just wasn't as mindful. And since I've been so much more actively mindful, the results and the change in my life has just been mind-blowing, which is why I'm here, like, preaching this stuff, because I'm like, this stuff makes a difference. So imagine this time next year when you've let go of what you're letting go of and you're embodying what you've envisaged for yourself. Imagine how proud you're going to feel. Like, just take a minute to imagine what it's going to feel like when you acknowledge the personal growth that you've had, when you realise that the stuff that you never even thought was going to be possible is all of a sudden, like, in your life as an actual thing. Because you dared to visualise, you dared to allow it to become a possibility. One of the things that I wanted to let go of last year was the sense of being a victim around my spinal cord injury. It's like, yeah, my injury, it's changed my life, but I don't want to dwell within the sorrow of the injury. I don't want it to just be a story of victimhood. And I remember last year, late last year, having a few press opportunities come up and actually turning them down because I didn't want it to just be like me playing this mini violin. Oh, look at what happened to me. What a sad little life. I want my story to be one of the comeback I want it to be the survivor's story, not even the survivor's story, the thriver's story, which is why I'm putting all of this stuff into action and just doing my best to be the living example of what can be possible from hardship. Because I could have had my two minutes on the TV. Oh, look at me and my poor little spinal cord injury. What a sad little life I had getting injured in the pandemic. But then what? Once the violin stops playing, then what? Am I just left with my sadness and my misery and my injury? Or am I going to keep stepping out and pushing and seeing what's possible? Not forgetting I've got a little human that is watching me. She's watching my every move. So what am I teaching her? Am I showing her that once hardship hits, that's it? You put your feet up, you sit down, you cry and you stay there. No, I'm showing her that despite what happens anything can be possible and it might take me (laughs) a little bit longer and slower to get there because I'm dealing with the injury and the impact that that has on my day-to-day ability to to function as one might like to but she's seeing me going for it she's seeing me achieving stuff regardless and that's what my story is it's a story of thriving beyond surviving so yeah at the time it was like oh I'm turning down these big national tv opportunities but that's not my destiny and now i'm glad i did even at the time i was like oh this is quite a big opportunity but what for what for everyone on the news to feel sad for a bit while i tell this story of woe is me there's enough doom and gloom on the news why am i going to add my story to that no it's not a sad story (laughs) it's the story of the birth of something beautiful
And another one of the greatest lessons that I've learned over the last year is that you have to be creative and active in creating your own possibilities. Like, there's no point in sitting there being humble, waiting for somebody to be like, oh, look, isn't this an exceptional human with wonderful talent? Let's create an opportunity for them. If there's something you want, you've just got to go and do it. And this is the thing, it's like, I feel as though we live in a time where everybody wants everything instantaneously. It's the now generation. But, you know, everything, it does take work. And it's true what they say about it taking 10 years to become an overnight success. Because most of the people I know that have been grafting at things for 10 years, you know, people are seeing them just starting to poke their heads above the dirt when really they've been underneath the soil, breaking open this seed for a decade before anyone starts to see the green shoots but it's only when people start to see the green shoots that people are like oh look what they're doing now no it's not what they're doing now it's what they've been doing (laughs) for the last 10 years that is all of a sudden allowing people to notice if there's something you want go for it take the risk go for no what's the worst that can happen someone says no okay dust yourself off go for the next no because In going for no, in fact, there's a book about that. Going for no means that you're just going to get to your yes quicker. If you go out just trying to get a yes and fearing the no, it's going to put you off just taking the action. So just go for it. If one thing over the next year, allow yourself to just be courageous. Allow yourself to be like, well, if it's a no, it's a no. Or if it doesn't work out, that's okay. But in things not working out, it's not always this big spectacular failure. It's like you might have an idea. Like this time last year, I started producing the sweatshirts for the Curl Squad. And that was something that I wanted to do at that point of time because it helped me to feel as though I was connecting with people. And yeah, even though it just seemed like a sweatshirt, it was more than that. For me, it was like a little symbol of affection and love for the community that I found through the natural hair movement and I just wanted to add a little something to that and now I'm a year on and designing more sweatshirts is not at all on my agenda so just because you do something doesn't mean that you have to stick with it forever it's like you can do projects they can be one-off projects you're not obligated to stay in the same clothes or stay playing with the same toys for the rest of your life there'll come a point when you outgrow certain things and one thing that I've come to terms with over the last few years is that it's all right to move on from stuff it doesn't mean it's a failure if you could do one thing next year and you couldn't fail what would you do what would you do So as you are thinking about the upcoming year, what you're letting go of, what you're inviting in, also think about ways that you can make sure that you're just staying a little bit grounded this festive season. There can be a lot going on, a lot of dates, a lot of demands on our time, a lot of pressure to get stuff done and get stuff wrapped and get stuff bought. Just make sure, if you can, that you're taking some time for you as well to put your feet firmly on the ground, take a few deep breaths and connect yourself back to yourself when everything starts to feel like it's getting a bit much and if you do struggle over the holiday period 
use a journal to help you to express some of your feelings it's not always going to change your entire world around but sometimes it's good just to be able to unburden your mind of the thoughts and a great way to transmute that negative energy is to allow those thought forms to fall onto the paper and out of your mind right i'm going to leave it there this week and um get myself off to bed because it's a late night for me but talking about having a daily check-in i do have the manifest your perfect day the night before template which is available still on the curl squad website i will link it up in the show notes i am going i am currently in the process of building a new website but things are still over on the curl squad website so you can download that that is going to help you to check in with yourself every single day help yourself feel grounded connected present and clear on the day ahead so you're not dealing with too much overwhelm right don't forget to come and find us on instagram at zoe.e.fox if you enjoy the podcast i'd really love it if you would kindly give us a little rating and a review if you're an iphone user you can do that through apple if you're on spotify you can drop five stars and i will leave it there big love my friend peace out have a good week ahead and i'll catch you soon